Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. Today's episode is called Attainable Joy. We're going to talk about that fruit of the Spirit, joy. Is it really something that we can grasp? What about if we're not in a very good place right now? Can we be joyful? Can we experience two emotions at the same time? How does that work in our life of a Christian? Are there things that we can do to be more joy-filled? And if so, what are they? But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. So first of all, um, I want to just give a little nod to my good friend, Dr. Rhoda Woolley. She has a podcast called Five to Thrive. It's for educators, parents, um, that type of thing. But it's I've really found some life lessons that pertain to me, even in my parenting, um, not just in terms of teaching, but just <laughs> surviving. She had this fabulous podcast that came out in the middle of the COVID crisis that was called Contentment in the Chaos. And she gave tips that we can do to be content even when the whole world seems to be spinning out of control. Besides that, I'm going to also reference a book that Rhoda and I co-authored um, with a, a few other women too. It's called In God's Orchard, and Rhoda wrote the chapter on joy. So I'm going to read a little excerpt from that. But first of all, let's just chat about the first topic that Dr. Rhoda made me aware of. She mentioned that we often find joy when we're doing what we are called to do. So think of it this way. If someone asks you to do something, let's just say somebody asks you to babysit their kids, and you really don't care for kids, then you're not going to find a lot of pleasure, a lot of joy in doing that, right? Well, if you ask another person to watch kids to babysit and they love children, they're going to be thrilled to be asked to do that. So Dr. Rhoda pointed out that a lot of times if we're doing things that we're not gifted to do or not called to do, then we can really feel the drudgery and then we don't necessarily feel the joy. Whereas when we stick to the things that we're called to do, it's easier to find the joy while doing things. So for instance, um, I teach a lot. I teach, you know, all ages. So I teach women's Bible studies and teach people, you know, up into their 80s. And I teach the fifth and sixth graders at uh, Bible history and catechism classes. Teaching is something I love to do. It's something that um, God has equipped me to do. I don't get nervous. I love to study scripture and find out what's behind different things. That is something that I am specifically called to do. Well, 
I'm not so good (laughs) at necessarily making great meals all the time. My husband is in some ways a better cook than I am. Um, So, you know, again, I've also mentioned at different times and in different podcasts that, you know, nobody's asking me to direct the choir or to lead a music ministry, and for good reason. It's just not within my gifts. Does that mean that I have always done the things that I'm gifted at doing? Absolutely not. I have done all kinds of things across the board at church. But like Dr. Rhoda said, a lot of times when I'm doing those things that I'm not specifically called to do, I find them difficult. I don't find a lot of joy in doing it. It's hard to get through the day. And I find myself thinking things like, I will never do this again. This is not good. I remember one time um, we were having a district pastor's convention at church, and all the women were asked to bring a pie. And I tried my hand at a uh, French silk pie, and it turned out like soup. So um, again, I've kind of learned that when it comes to you know signing up to bring food, um, some things that I make I, are pretty solid. You know, I can make a good chocolate chip cookie. Other things are not going to look the best. It's just not worth my time to bring them. So I think when we realize what we're called to do in the Lord, we can find a lot more joy in doing it. Um, Chuck Palahniuk, I'm going to totally crucify that name. It's P-A-L-A-H-N-I-U-K said this. Find joy in everything you choose to do. Every job, relationship, home. It's your responsibility to love it or change it. And I think that's the key right there. Um, It's kind of the freedom that Dr. Rhoda is giving us to do the things that we love to do and to change the things that we don't love. So for instance, if there is a part of your house that just drives you absolutely bonkers, For whatever reason, you know, if there's a room where you stuff everything in that you can't deal with, and every time you open that door to that room, you are just filled with dread, change it. No, that room doesn't bring you any joy. And for good reason, it's cluttered and it's all the things you haven't dealt with. Facing it and dealing with it is not fun, but it is very (laughs) joyful when you get to the bottom of it and you've dealt with it. And then when you go into that room, it can be joy-filled. So just realizing that we have choices in life, that um, we can do the things that bring us joy. Does that mean that we can change our job automatically if we don't like our boss or our coworkers, if we're not in a job that brings us total joy? Not necessarily. Sometimes you struggle through it and you ask God to teach you the lessons that you need to learn while you're there. But um, again, if if you are in a job that doesn't bring you a lot of joy, well, can you look for a different job? Is there something else you'd be better off doing? Um, is there another opportunity elsewhere? These are good things to talk about, especially if you're coming home bogged down, depressed, um, really feeling bummed out all the time because of your job or whatever else it is that you're facing. Those things, is there a way that you can deal with it? so that you can be more joy-filled and have more joy in your life later on after you've dealt with it. Okay, that was number two. Number one, I'm sorry. Number two, we are going to be more joy-filled when we realize that circumstances are temporary. 
We are going to get pretty bummed out if we ride the waves of circumstances. So if things are going great, then we are going to be joy-filled. But if nothing is really working out, or if we don't feel particularly perfect that day, or if traffic is bad, or what, whatever, if those things happen, then we're not at all joy-filled, then we're just, like I said, riding those waves of circumstances. And eventually we realize that our joy is not a byproduct of circumstances. It's a byproduct of being in the word and walking with the Lord. It is a fruit of the spirit. Therefore, we do not have to let our circumstances completely and totally um, shape our joy. So Paul said, the apostle Paul said, I have learned the secret of being content. And he goes on to say, whether well-fed or hungry, in want or plenty. Well, what is that secret? What is the secret? He said, I can do all things through God who strengthens me. What is he saying? He is saying that when we walk with God and we know that God is with us, we can get through whatever it is we are facing, knowing that God is in control. He reigns. He's going to provide all that we need, not all that we want necessarily, but all that we need. Um, Joseph Campbell said, we can't cure the world of sorrows, but we can choose to live in joy. I think of the women who go to the tomb after Jesus is buried and it's Easter morning. And when they leave the tomb, we're told that they're filled with joy and fear. <laughs> They're experiencing two things at once. Like, this is crazy. I don't totally understand what's going on, and I'm kind of scared out of my mind. But yet, we just saw an angel, and he's not there. And could this be true and filled with joy? And I think that is so key. We can be experiencing two emotions at the same time. Our child can fail a class and we can be bummed out. But yet at the same time, we can look and see God is faithful and he's with that child and he's given that child everything they need. And, you know, maybe we have the opportunity to go to summer school and take that class over. There's ways to get through this. So we can still find the joy in the circumstances. You lose your job and you're pretty bummed out about that. But yet you also see that there are safety nets in place. You can get unemployment for a time and you can hopefully find a different job and there's different doors that can open and who knows that you won't be in a better job down the line. I think another one that is really hard is death. There is um, a sorrow that so often comes upon us when, you know, someone we love dies. And unfortunately, it doesn't end after we bury that person or after the funeral or after the first week, it can be very hard to get through the next months. The three years later, it can hit us and it can be really hard. So how do we experience joy while going through the sorrow of losing a loved one? Well, the only way we can do that is when we keep the eternal perspective. So when we know that that person who has died knew Jesus and they're going to be in heaven, well, that's the joy. We know it's temporary and that we are going to be with them again does not make the pain of the situation and the sorrow necessarily easier. 
However, it does give us that hope, and that's where our joy comes from. The Apostle Paul said, don't grieve like unbelievers who have no hope. We have hope, and that gives us reason to rejoice. Number three, we can be filled with joy when we find reasons to give thanks. And yes, I said that exactly the way I wanted to. When we find reasons to give thanks. Um, Henry Newlin said, joy does not simply happen to us. We have to choose joy and keep choosing joy every day. I love this section um, in the In God's Orchard book that Dr. Rhoda wrote. I'm going to read you a, a little paragraph. It says, We have a choice in how we think about gratitude. While there are many things in life that are out of our control, we have control over the thoughts we allow to linger in our minds. If a thought is not serving you well, you are able to replace it with a different thought. In neuroscience, this ability is called neuroplasticity. As we think a thought over and over, we develop a neural pathway, a habit of thought, or a memory. As we change the thoughts we think over and over, we develop new neural pathways or new habits of thought. The choice is ours. We choose if we want to be grateful. And Dr. Rhoda suggests one of the ways that we can do this is every day think of the things in your life that you experience that other people would love to have. Like she said, if you stand up in the morning, wow, right there, (laughs) there are people all around the world who would love to have the ability to stand and walk. If you can go to your faucet and get clean water, just know there are people all over the world who would love to have that clean water at their fingertips. Are you able to enjoy the outdoors? Well, think of the people, the shut-ins, the elderly, the sick, who are confined to indoors and they aren't able to go outside and have a walk. They aren't able to feel the wind on their face. Um, There are things that you can experience that other people all around the world would love to have. Find things to be grateful for in every single day. Right now, don't wait for when life is as you want it to be. So don't wait until you're in the perfect relationship. Be grateful right now. Find reasons to give thanks now. Don't wait until you're in the perfect home. Thank God for the home that you're in now. Don't wait for your child to get out of the really incredibly hard phase that they're in. Find reasons to thank God for that child right now. When you do that, you actually change the way your brain thinks so that you will be more grateful and you, in turn, will face things a little bit easier. Challenges, you'll go, oh, you know what? I'm so thankful I have these things. I don't look at them as, you know, God punishing me or why does this have to happen to me or another reason to grumble. I'm, a, I'm grateful that I have the ability to face this challenge and I have a God who's going to face this challenge with me. And um, I'm grateful that I'm not, I'm growing I'm not just stuck in one place. I have this challenge to make me stronger. I think when you look at joy that way, you see that it is attainable. Now, I just want to have a little disclaimer. First of all, I'm not by any means saying that there aren't people in the world that have chemical imbalances who should be able to just um, be joy-filled. Not true. Some people have... um, 
like I said, chemical imbalances. They need to be put on medication that will help balance their hormones and will help them to um, deal with their moods. So please, if you have um, struggles, if you have mental illness, if there's serious depression, don't think that you can do this on your own. You might need counseling. You might need medication. You may need um, friends and people to come alongside you during a very hard time. And again, if you've just lost somebody that you love, no one is asking you to put a smile on. Uh, There is good reason to mourn. And we see people mourning in the Bible. So no one is trying to, you know, just simplify this and, and tell you to smack a smile on your face and get over it. No way. We experience deep, serious hurts in this world on this side of heaven. But we don't have to stay there. And even as we're going through the heartbreak, and again, I do not want to minimize any heartbreak, but we can still choose to be joyful. Dr. Rhoda, in her chapter on joy, mentioned the Apostle Paul and Silas in the prison in Philippi. They were in prison, and they had been beaten, and they were singing hymns of praise to God. They choose to be joy-filled despite their circumstances. So we can, in the hardship, find some reason to give thanks and find joy in the fact that God has not abandoned us and he is walking with us. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. I certainly hope that you can use some of these um, little key thoughts and ideas to really change the way you think and that um, you can have more joy in your life because of it. Please remember to like and share this message with someone you think might really benefit from it. I can't thank you enough for your prayers. They really keep us going at Time of Grace. You know what else keeps us going? Time of Grace is 100% donor funded. If you'd like to support us, you can find a link on just how to do that in the episode notes. Thanks for your consideration.